Rabbi Sai, good morning. A good nerve Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Shalach Tovshin Pei Aleph. And we have a we had a Zoom shmooz last night. We discussed a lot of the yanam of current events. We're going to try our utmost today to stick on the whole to the parsha. But there's no question that the current events also are in the back of our minds. But let's try to get into the parsha a little bit. Parsha Shalach is not an easy parsha to learn. It's uh, speaks about the shlichus that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu sends the Miraglim, the spies, into Eretz Yisrael. And the question is, was it a real shlichus? Did they themselves want to do it? HaKadosh Baruch said, let them do it on their own. But in the language of the Pasuk, it's called the shlichus of the Miraglim, Shlach Lecha Anoshim. The Yesu as Eretz Canaan, they should go into the land of Canaan, and they should see if the land is a good land or not a good land. We know the outcome of this was that ten of the Miraglim, they spoke harshly about Eretz Yisrael. They spoke Lashon Hara against Eretz Yisrael. They said it's an Eretz Yisrael. Yishvei. They said that these giants that are living there, we're not going to be able to conquer it. And there were two of the Miraglim, Yeshua and Kolev. They were the only ones who spoke uh, positively about the land of Eretz Yisrael. They said the land is good. And we know that they only were able to do that because of the the tefillahs that Moshe Rabbeinu davened for Yehoshua and Kalev himself who went to Hebron in order to, to pray to be Nishtateach on the Kvarim of the Ovis. The first Rashi, Rashi says, a famous Rashi that this week's parasha, like everything, we always see a, try to make a connection between the different parashas. And Rashi says, Lama Nismucha, Parshas and Miraglim. Why, does Kodesh, why do we have the Parsha of Miraglim next to the Parsha of Miriam, which was the end of last week's Parsha, where Miriam Hanaviah spoke against Moshe Rabbeinu, and she was afflicted with leprosy because she spoke Lashon Hara. And Rashi points out that the Miraglim should have learned the lesson of Miriam, and they should have seen if what happened to her could have happened to themselves. And the language of Rashi is, Rishayim halalu ra'u musr. These Rishayim, they saw what happened to Miriam and they didn't take Musr. So the first message is, Stam, person should not speak Lashon Hara. And uh, that's a simple thing. The, 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 uh, it seems that there was some sort of Chiddush because it seems they should have learned out from Miriam. What should they learn out of Miriam? What they what they did not know beforehand that you're not allowed to speak Lashon Hara. It's one of the lavim in the Torah. Here we're talking about the after Har Sinai. So it seems to be there's some extra chiddush that they should have seen by Miriam. Rav Schwab's at and many others for him. They bring down uh, that we know in the end of last week's parsha that the the parsha also speaks about the greatness of Moshe that he was un of Mikol Adam. He was literally the humblest of all men. Now, what happens if a person speaks Lashon Haru? What's the primary reason why you don't have to speak Lashon Haru? Because you're embarrassing another person. You're bringing down his um, his level of who he is by speaking Lashon Haru against him. But what happens if a person would speak about uh, innate objects like Eitzim and Avonim, which don't have any feelings? They don't feel bad, so Lashon there's no Isser of Lashon Hara on the surface. And therefore the Miraglim, when they took a look at the Isser of Lashon Hara, they said, the Isser of Lashon Hara doesn't apply over here. Because I'm not speaking about a person, I'm speaking about innate objects, we're speaking about the land, we're saying the land is not a good land. 
But what is the Chiddush that they should have seen from Miriam? That Moshe Rabbeinu was an Adam Mikol Adam, and therefore he did not feel at all that he was being degraded. And still there was a prohibition for Miriam to speak against him. Now, what was the reason why there was a prohibition? If he doesn't feel bad about it, maybe perhaps there's no Isra of Lashonara. So Rav Schwab used a Lashon, we see from over here that there's a Yesod called the Cheftza de Kedusha. There's an item which it in itself, it permeates and it, 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 it's, it lives and it's a message for us that Kedusha is alive. And when a person takes away from the level of Kedusha, we're speaking Lashon Har about a Cheftza de Kedusha, you're not only speaking about the innate object, like the land, you're, you're degrading the land of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's as if you're Pagaya in the covet of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The land of Eretz Yisrael is holy because HaKadosh Baruch Hu infused it with holiness. And when you're speaking harshly about the land, you're taking away from the Kedusha Shabbat. The Torah says, Kili Ha'aretz. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that the land is mine. So we have this year, the coming year, it's going to be the year of Shemitah. We see the land, the land itself is permeated it is saturated with Kedusha, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu infused into the land. And therefore, Miriam, when she spoke against Moshe Rabbeinu, even though he might not have felt bad, but she, he was speaking, she was speaking against the Navi of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore she was as if she was speaking against HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, and therefore she was struck with leprosy. And these... Miraglim, they should have understood that lesson. That was the Chiddush that they should have understood. And it says, Musr. So there's a very famous vart from the Rebbe, Reb Herschel. Reb Herschel says, Why does it say Lashem Ra'uvalalakhamusr? It could have said Shamuvalalakhamusr. So he says, an interesting Gemara. The Gemara says that the Isur, the, 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 uh, the Yusurim of Negayim, of leprosy, the Gemara has a question. Does that fall under the category of Yusurim Shal Ahava? Or no, is it considered Yusurim of regular suffering, which is an atonement for a person? Or perhaps it's Yusurim Shal Ahava, which a person only gets because he's going to get more reward in the world to come. And the Gemara in Brachas is a stira, that one Brachas seems to say it's Yusurim Shal Ahava, and one Brachas seems to say that it's Yusurim Shal Kapara. And the Gemara gives a few answers. One of the answers the Gemara gives is, is that it depends where the leprosy is. If the leprosy is on a hidden part of the body where no one sees it, it's just the person himself knows that he has the leprosy, then he falls into the category of Yusurim Shal'ava. But if the leprosy is on the outside of a person, okay, where everyone can see it, that's already considered such an embarrassment. That's not considered Yusurim Shal'ava, that's considered Yusurim Shal'kapara. And therefore... The Rebbe Perishola says that over here it seems that Miriam must have had leprosy not only on a hidden part of her body, but on an outward part of her body. And that's why Chazal say that the Miraglim were punished because they saw that it was on the outside. They should have, understood, should have understood that leprosy is brought because of Yisurim, not Yisurim Shalava. Because they might have had a time perhaps the only reason why she got it was Yisurim Shalava. But no, since they saw it, therefore they should have learned the lesson. They should have taken the Musa. The um, Miraglim, we see Miraglim have a position, which is that the land is a horrible land. Eretz Ocheles Yoshevel. 
It's a terrible land. And Yeshua and Kolev, they say the opposite. It's like a dichotomy of here. It's like two different points of view, completely, completely on different areas of the spectrum. But what, what do we see? We see from over here that two people can look at the same thing and they can come out with different conclusions. It depends what you're looking for. The Miraglim, they were looking at the land in the physical sense. And therefore they said, in the physical sense, it's Eretz HaChel Yeshvel. Why should we fight for this? Why should we have to go through all the battles of 31 Malachim? And Yeshua and Kalev, they saw, no. Ba'aretz Tova Ma'od Ma'od, as we mentioned last night from the Nitziv. What's the double Lashon of Ma'od Ma'od? The land of Eretz Yisrael is connected to the heavens and Ruchnius and filled with Kedush. And every Dalai that a person walks, he's walking in the Holy Land. And therefore, it's tova ma'od ma'od. It has not only physical dimensions, but it has spiritual dimensions, and it connects the spiritual with the with 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 the physical. So, therefore, the the miraglim they only saw the physical. They only saw the hardships. And therefore, they said Yeshua Benun said every single aspect of the Kenyan of Eretz Yisrael might become about through Yisurim, but it's worth it. It's ours tova ma'od ma'od. And this is the land that we have fought for for so many and so many generations. And the HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us this land. We know the Torah, the, the Torah says, HaShamayim Shamayim LaShem, Lord's Nasan Livnei Adam. So the normal understanding is that the heavens belong to HaShem, completely in His domain, and the land He gives to, to man in order to till it, in order to fulfill it, in order to make something of it. But some say that no, that Eretz Yisrael is different than all the other lands. Eretz Yisrael it's a bechino of Hashemayim, Shemayim Hashem, Va'aretz Lashem. Also, the land itself is holy. It's on a higher level. I saw an unbelievable story that Rav Shlomo Lawrence, I'll preface this, uh, preface this with a, you know, we'll speak about the story first, then we'll speak about this other, this other tremendous uh, in, insight that uh, we know that Harry Truman was the president at the time when Israel was declared a uh, country in 1948. Shlomo Lawrence, who eventually became a member of the Knesset, there's a lot of discussion going on about the Knesset these days, he f- traveled to the States and he was uh, he was allowed an audience with Harry Truman. I'm not sure if it was while he was still president, after he was president, and he asked him, Mr. President, could you please tell me why you allowed, why you pushed the United States to vote for the state of Israel, because it really was a whole discussion. At the time, the State Department were very much against, because of the Arab influences in the State Department, they didn't want America to declare that Israel should have its own country. And Harry Truman gave a personal, personal uh, decree that they have to vote for the state of Israel. It really was a Ness. Another Ness is that another country also voted for Israel, which was beyond understanding, which is the USSR, Russia, Again, we have to understand everything is in the hands of Hashem, and those were the reasons why Israel became a state in 1948. So he asked Harry, Harry, why did you vote for it? So he says, listen, I grew up as a Catholic, and as a young boy, I used to study the Bible with my father. I used to study history, and I learned all about the Jewish people, and I learned that in the times of Kursh and the Persian Empire, he declared that the Jews should be able to rebuild their temple. And as a young boy, he always said, you know what? And I was friendly with the Jewish people in Kansas City. And I saw they were all good people. And I said as a young boy, you know what? If I ever get the chance, when I grew up, I want to help the Jewish people. They should be able to rebuild their temple today. 
And then he told Shlomo Lawrence, you should know that that was at the time of the Cold War, at the time when when there was questions about Russia and the United States going into a nuclear war, atomic warfare. I remember as a young boy in the, the Khrushchev when he came to America, and we were told that we have to go and hide underneath the tables because Khrushchev said that we're going in 1962, there was the, the embargo in Cuba, and there was a question if there was going to be a, atomic warfare. These were real, real fears. And Harry Truman said, I see that the world is literally on the brink of war, and it could be that the world will be destroyed. And the only people that can save the situation, that's what he said, he said, are the Jewish people. The Jewish people, they're the light unto the nations. And therefore, I felt that if the Israel will have its own country, they will be able to give a message to the rest of the world to calm everybody down. It's an amazing thing what a non-Jewish person was able to see in the Jewish people. And this reminded me of the fact that I saw this morning that the Luach brings down that either today or tomorrow, either Chavdal or the Chavhei, the Gemara says is in the Megillus Tainus, in the Gemara Tainus, that it's a Yantif. Why? Because if you take a look at the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara discusses there was a period where Alexander Mukhtin was the emperor of the world and different nations came to him with claims on Eretz Yisrael. We're going to zero on on just one of them. The people of Canaan, they came and the Chazal said they came from Africa and they came and they made a claim. The land is called Eretz Kenaanhi. And there was a, a Jewish uh, Askin, or some people say he was a lawyer. He, his name was Gevi'ah ben Psisa. Gevi'ah ben Psisa went to the Hague of those days, to the court of Alexander Mukhtam, and he tinted, uh, and he was able to convince based upon the Torah, that Eretz Canaan really belongs to Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because Canaan is really an, is a, is an Eved, and Kol Mashakana Eved, Kana Rabo, and really everything belongs to the Jewish people. And uh, it was a yantif because the decree was taken away from Eretz Yisrael. Many, many years ago, I was able to take Revel Yashiv once in the car, and Erev Rosh Hashanah, and I discussed with him this Gemara, and I pointed out to him the question that everyone asks on this Gemara is that uh, why does the Gemara say the Gvim Pepsisa came along and he used the Tainan as Eretz Kanan, Komachikon Evet Kanarabo, and the other nations, Yishmael comes along, each one has a different Tainan, Mitzrayim comes along. Why don't we just use the first Rashi in Chumash? The first Rashi in Chumash, Rashi says, why did we start with Bereshis? That if the Umas Olam will come along and they will claim, make a claim that the land belongs to them and that Eretz Yisrael was captured by the Jews, so HaKadosh Baruch says to them, I created the world and I gave this as a present to Klai Yisrael. So why didn't we use that? So Rabbi Yashiv said the Territz, which I saw in other Svarim, that that only comes with a certain condition. The condition is the land belongs to us if we understand what the purpose of the land is, that the land is here in order for us to be able to permeate it with mitzvahs and kedusha, and we use the land for what it's here for. So if we keep that tonight, that the land was created by HaKadosh Baruch gave it to us in order to be makabal the Torah to keep the mitzvahs, then the land will, be on to, will belong to us and they won't have any tinnies against us. But when Achas V'Sholem HaKadosh does not act properly, and unfortunately this has to do with the situation and the way we're, we're living today as well, then we sometimes have to come on 
to Gevir ben Psis, is people have to go and they have to Taina. And Rabbi Yashu said a very poignant statement. I told this someone this morning. He said, he said, Haint the Arab have the better advocates. Today the Arabs have the better lawyers. And therefore it could be, we don't have, I said, we don't have Gevir ben Psisas. We don't have good lawyers. Rabbi Sai, the way we conquered the land of Eretz Yisrael is not to be miragel against Eretz Yisrael, not to speak harshly against Eretz Yisrael, to recognize, yes, there are difficulties, and we have to have siyata deshmaya. The only way we have siyata deshmaya is the understanding. We should make aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, that the aliyah should be with a neshama, as the footnote used to say. And this is the bracha we want to give, that this Shabbos kai, this parasha shalach, we should be able to be like Yeshua and Kalev to see that the land is tova, ma'od, ma'od. And the mitzvah of tzitzis, we find the end of the parasha should be our schusim. Together with all of the Talmud Torah and the Limud Torah and the Tfilas, we need so much of it. We should be Zoychim Hashem. It should be a good Shabbos for everybody. Wishing everyone uh, only good things. The land is good. Shabbos is good. Klai Yisrael is good. We should be Zoychim to the Gula Shleim and Hev Yemein Amen. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.